Central Texas, Tom Barfield, Ward White's here in Sexton. We're glad you're with us. Don't forget tomorrow, Mr. Cowboy Bob Lilly is going to be on the program, and we'll uh, we'll visit with Bob Lilly tomorrow uh, here on ESPN Central Texas. We're joined now by uh, Zach Barnett from FootballScoop.com here on the program. Zach, uh, good afternoon. Thanks for your time today. Thank you for having me. Hey, let's let's dive right into this thing. Your first thoughts when you heard that the two commissioners from the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve got together. What was your takeaway there? Uh, my first thought was uh, that it makes sense that uh, both of these uh, conferences are very vulnerable for very different reasons, and so they it makes sense for them to see if anything works out. But then at the same time. You know, uh, I, maybe it's recency bias, but the, the XFL and the CFL recently announced uh, that they were going to collaborate after both having missed the 2020 seasons and both vulnerable without, you know, uh, major TV deals. And then they eventually announced that nothing really came of that. They were going their separate ways. And so um, outside of one maybe eating the other, it's kind of hard to imagine or I, I guess I'll say the, the most two likely scenarios are the Pac-12 maybe eats the lower half of the remaining Big 12, or uh, they announce that they're going to play each other more often in non-conference. Zach, you mentioned in the article that you, that the Big 12 is fully operating as if Texas and Oklahoma will leave the conference in 2025. Is that is that a realistic thought on the on behalf of the Big Twelve? Is is, tech, is Texas and Oklahoma really going to be around that long? I don't think so. Uh, both of those sides, uh, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC and ESPN have to act that way because otherwise they'd be uh, they'd be catching themselves red-handed in the in the courts in regards to the grant of rights deal that doesn't expire until the end of the 2025 uh, academic year. So they have to proceed that way. But, I mean, it's in the SEC's best interest. It's in the school's best interest. It's in ESPN's best interest to uh, get those parties together as soon as possible. And, you know, if there's one thing we've learned, it's that Texas, Oklahoma, and the SEC aren't afraid to act in their own best interest. So, basically, they would just be negotiating against themselves to talk openly as if this will happen anything, anytime before 2025, even though we all know that it won't. For the Big 12 to survive, who do they need to add some teams? And I, I saw your article where Deion Sanders was actually saying that he wanted to be a member of the Big 12 with Jackson State. I mean, is, is that something that this conference can do? Are there viable teams out there that they could add and this conference survive? Well, I think uh, – of course, they'd love to add teams. The question is, can they get anyone that's going to move the needle? Um, the, the, I think the ACC would love to, to add some teams. The Big Ten would love to add some teams. The Pac-12 would love to add some teams. But it's got to be the right teams. Yeah, even if a school like Houston or a Memphis or UCF might make sense on a number of different levels, you've got to grow the pie. You've got to, you've got to not only pay for yourself, but you've got to increase the pie for everyone. You got to you got to serve Kansas State and Iowa State a bigger slice than they would get presently. And unless you can somehow convince Colorado and the Arizona schools to uh, join you, I don't see that happening. The one school that I do think does make sense 
that I would think long and hard about if I'm one of these schools that's going to stick around is BYU. They've got a, a large national following, a big stadium that they fill. Um, they've got uh, you know, a built-in recruiting base that maybe doesn't help you, but they're not going to be stealing from uh, your own. They're not going to be taking food off your table financially or in recruiting uh, is BYU. Now, uh, that may, might, might make some presidents uh, a little squeezy. You know, that's probably the reason they're not in the Pac-12 right now. But uh, they're willing to be scooped up, and I think they would make sense. Talking with Zach Barnett from uh, FootballScoop.com. Zach, from from our, our, our local perspective, the, the Baylor perspective, is, is it important that they get something resolved? I mean, whether it's keeping the league together, whether it's moving on as, uh, on their own and doing something different or, or doing something with TCU and Texas Tech, just getting some resolution to whatever is going to happen is in doing it in a timely manner, is, is that important? Uh, I think finding the right solution is more important than finding the quick solution. Uh, I, I, really, I have a lot of I feel horrible for Baylor. Uh, I mean, I've uh, you know enjoyed seeing them play the other Southwest Conference schools for you know our entire lives. They've got a lot to be proud of. Obviously, the the most recent men's basketball national championship. They're just uh, a great athletic department on the field, but not a great athletic department on paper. And that's unfortunately what matters right now. So uh, the fact I like the fact that their their presidents are talking daily with with TCU and Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I, I definitely think they're all stronger together than they would be on their own. Um, and you got to hope that if the Pac-12 does decide to do a, I guess, a southeastern expansion, that it's a situation where uh, they come and get TCU and Baylor instead of just Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. It is the Texas and OU move to the SEC. Does that solve the recruiting problems that they were kind of looking at? I know part of it's money, but part of it was recruiting because they were losing so many players to the SEC. Is that part of this move, and does it help them to be in the SEC in that aspect? Yeah, I think it's an enormous aspect of it because they were uh, fighting with one hand tied behind their back. I think uh, I think Texas was tired of losing kids to Alabama and A&M and, and LSU. And not to say that's not going to happen because – uh, once you know that that toothpaste is out of the tube at this point, and you know, uh, the, the the pipelines are open, and there, there's no shutting them off. But it gives it gives Texas a, a counter argument, or it takes away that angle of negative recruiting. Now you got to go there and win. You can't go three and nine every year. But uh, if if Texas starts winning, uh, like I think they have the potential to this uh, this very season then they have you know, all the pieces in place to go in there and be one of the top programs in that conference from day one. You mentioned Texas. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on on the field. Uh, Oklahoma and Iowa State at the top. I'm assuming this is a, a two-horse race? Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see any one of five teams play for the conference title. Um, obviously, those two. Texas can get there. TCU can get there. Uh, TCU returns um, the, the top running co- running offense in the conference by far. They probably have the best receiver in the conference in Quentin Johnston. Uh, you know, Zach Evans is, was right there with Bijan Robinson as the top recruiting uh, top recruit as a running back in this conference. 
and uh, Gary Patterson really likes what he brings back on defense. And another one is Oklahoma State. If uh, if Spencer Sanders can play up to his paper, that's a, that's a program I could see playing for the conference title, but I'd be surprised if anyone but Oklahoma wins it. Is there more parity in this conference than we've seen in the previous years? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, you touch on uh, the, the sad uh, timing of this is that you know, if this, is, this hadn't happened, we'd be talking about, you know, the strongest the Big 12 has been probably since it went to uh, 10 teams, you know, a decade ago. Uh, potentially the strongest the conference has been top to bottom since 2008, but now no one no one's interested in having that conversation. It's all about what are we going to be, what's this league going to look like in 2022 and beyond. If, if there is parity in this conference, and it is, and it shows to be that type of deal, would that enable it to maybe find those members like BYU or somebody else to come into this conference because of the strength of conference that they have this this season coming up? Uh, I mean, if if a, if a Kansas State or an Iowa State makes the playoff, obviously that, that's going to be very good for them, but it's not going to change the underlying uh, demographics. This is a, a conference without a huge following left with Texas and Oklahoma gone. I mean, there's a, there's passionate followings. Iowa State, I think, has the most passionate fan base anywhere in college athletics. There's just not a whole lot of them in comparison to other conferences. And so uh, I think that's the old, that, those are the headwinds that the Big 12 is trying to paddle against more than anything. Hey, Zach, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, what are you guys working on for footballscoop.com? Oh, I mean, we are uh, covering the season uh, top to bottom. Uh, with new stories about just about every hour. Hey, man, uh, we appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for hooking up with us and and, uh, talking uh, Big 12 and Pac-12 football. We appreciate it. Sounds good. Thank you. Hey, have a great day.